0: Dear ones, you're listening to the "What God Is Not" podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Hi, Father Michael. Hello, Sister. It's good to see you.
1: How are you doing? You too.
0: I'm doing pretty the, well. Uh,
1: the Pustinia is behind you. Is looking well. <laughs> the one I often stay in.
0: Yeah. I like this one. Fotina. That's this Pustinia. We've probably mentioned that before several times.
1: It's funny because now when we say Fotina, I don't know what we're talking about anymore.
0: Oh, because of our nonprofit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're starting a nonprofit y'all and, uh, we're calling it Fotina. Um, So anyway, more, more on that to come, but it's, it's very exciting to uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully expand our evangelization and our reach um, and our love of the Byzantine Catholic church and what that means for the wider world. So yeah, pray for that. Look forward to that.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have anything exciting that's been going on in your life recently?
1: Oh, lots. I just had four three friends, shout out to, uh, Marie, Karen and Crystal who were some of my young adults from Denver back in the day and uh, they came out to visit me and I was able to kind of get all of my office work done except well I, I had to bring in an hour a day when they were here but I, other than that I pretty much was able to just do phone calls and stuff so we spent like an entire day in Malibu we went out on, the, on a sailboat one of my pretty sure sailboats um, we ate Breakfast almost every morning out in cool little restaurants on Ventura Boulevard. We had dinner a couple nights and uh and yeah, prayed a lot. And I was just kind of happy to have them around. And then they gave a they gave me a bottle of whiskey at the end because they know me. And it had uh <laughs> I think it's like three monkeys or something like that whiskey. And it was really funny because like for some reason it's this thing. You probably know this. You're kind of a geek this way. But um there's some some sort of actually you've been out. Of, I guess you've been out of the like online TV show loop for a while. But some of there's some TV show called the Monkey King or something like this that they're like obsessed with. And uh, and they dressed up they dressed up for all of like in the whole household they all live together. Dressed up as as all the different characters. I'll find out what it is. Um and and so Crystal literally like chopped her hair off for a Halloween costume. Which is which I only the hard chorist, if that's a word. People do this, but yeah, she chopped her hair off and it's still pretty short, actually now. And this that was last Halloween. So I think she's kind of keeping it short. But anyway, they have this whole backstory. We were driving to Malibu and they were sharing the whole backstory with me. And it was something about this monk who's oh, the monkey king, and then there's this monk, and the girl wants to be a monk, so she has to chop her hair off to look like a boy to become the monk in this in this I guess it's like a Buddhist thing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they're all like way too into this um, but uh, but anyway so so they uh, so they gave me whiskey like called three monkey whiskey or something at the end um, and then this is this is very sister and Natalia at the end then I would ask them every single day. So like we'd have a fire pit on the property at night, which of course we have this beautiful property here, you know that. We'd have a fire pit and we'd sit and we'd, ha- we'd have a, a drink and I'd smoke a cigar and we'd we'd just chat. And then I would say to them like, like typical dad mode, like, so what was your favorite part of the day? Oh, and then we'd silly. all like go... go <laughs> I, 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 I like what you're and then and then at the end then they wrote me a card and this is also so you they wrote me a card and it just said because then we joke and I would say yeah if, if my bishop had assigned me to I won't mention the state that I mentioned because I don't want to offend any of our <laughs> listeners but I was like if Bishop had sent me to this state that then you probably wouldn't visit me because they, they've all come like two or three times since I've been moved here and uh and they and and they got, they got like so offended by that like we of course we'd come visit you of course you'd come visit you so at the end then they wrote in the card our favorite part of the trip was you? And I
0: was Aww, like, oh. that's really sweet. <laughs> anyway,
1: it was awesome, and they gave me whiskey, and it was and it was great. And they made it back. They they checked in. So back to normal life. After having my sister and brother in law here, after having their friends here, after having you here for three weeks instead of one. Um, fairly recently, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. been. Uh, I feel like totally back to normal now.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm coming out there again. How About you, I'm coming out there again in a little over a oh. month.
1: And we'll probably see each other in in Denver as well before that, oh, yeah. hopefully. So yeah, anyway. That be
0: super great. Yeah. Uh, so lots, yeah. Of,
1: uh, lots of social time. I th-
0: I think and I went to On the 30
1: last night. We are having technical something.
0: difficulties. <laughs> I know. I don't like, <laughs> I I don't like the delay It's throwing me off.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is a delay. Um, I went to On the 30 last night and I sat in my spot at the bar for the first time since the pandemic started. Whoa. So it's been a year and a half. So I've been back, but I, I've always been back with people or, I've, or, I, or you know, I had to sit somewhere else on the bar, but I sat at my spot last night and it was just like old times, it was amazing. Shout out to Jackie and Steph and, and everybody that was there. Alex, it was just, it was so cool to sit there again. And to, I was working on, actually you'll be proud of me. I was working on working through the dissertation that I'm studying for the sin episode. And I was sitting there and I'm, I'm reading and I'm writing and I'm chatting with them and I'm bantering and it was just, anyway, it was awesome, just like old times.
0: That's great. Um, I, don't have, I don't have super much exciting things going on, I guess. Uh, we had, actually, this is super fun. So our friend Guillermo, I think you know Guillermo, maybe. Gil for short. Anyways, he was here on Pustenia this last weekend. So was Natalia. And if I remember, I'm posting this as an Instagram story this week. But I'm saying this a few weeks before this episode comes out. So if you are listening to this now, it's not this week for you that the Instagram story is coming out. <laughs> but nice. the Guillermo and Natalia Talca were both here for Pustinia this past weekend. Guillermo's an arborist. So he like climbs trees for a living and cuts down dead branches with chainsaws and things like that. It's very cool. And... So he, when he was here, he taught Talca and I how to do it. And so he let me use his equipment and climb this tree. And there's pictures and video and stuff. And it was super, super cool. So that was fun.
1: Wow, that And was cool.
0: Uh, yep, I what, that else? what else exciting is going on? I, cardiac rehab is working because I went trail running for 6.3 miles a couple weeks ago. And I had to walk sometimes if my heart rate was too high, but uh, that was very cool. And Does
1: it like yell at you if it's too high? Does it beep or does it vibrate or do you just have to look at it all the time?
0: I just have to look at it all the time. Like
1: on your watch? You had to look at it all the time, okay.
0: Yeah. And so I don't know, that's that's fun and cool and exciting. And then super exciting is I'm going on a home visit. Uh, at the end of July. So I'm going, I'm spending the other half of my home visit. I spent the first half with my brother and his family and a couple weeks ago. And then at the end of July, which is probably about, this is coming out the 14th of July. Um, So in about a week or two, I'll be heading to Colorado for the other half of my home visit.
1: So explain home, none home visit to our listeners.
0: Okay. Well, we, so in our monastery, each nun gets two weeks a year. Well, it's different for your first few years because those are more intensified um, years and like more strict communication rules and things like that. But but after your first few years, every year you get two weeks of home visit where you get to go spend time with your family. Basically, my situation, however, is unique because my my parents moved to New York after um, after I was already out of the house. So all of my all of my friends and my home parish and all of that is in Colorado and my parents are in upstate New York. So I split up my two weeks and usually spend a week of it with my parents either in New York or traveling with them uh, and the other half, the other week I spend in Colorado. So,
1: yeah. Cool.
0: Okay, so we just had some technical difficulties and... We stopped, we restarted. I don't really know. I, we had bantered enough, so I'm just gonna move on and get right into the topic.
1: I feel like I need to jump in because, like, you, you just told me right before you did that, this is what I'm gonna say. And then you said something slightly different. And I wanna be like the prodigal father who kind of interrupted you halfway through, <laughs> but I couldn't remember the Bible story well enough. You know, the prodigal am like, crap, what he finish. was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah, like, Kanye. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead.
0: Uh, okay. So, actually, before I start the topic, I want to say something about a previous episode. The the episode that we did on Nathaniel, uh, Saints of the Day, something mm. or other, we just did it recently on Nathaniel. And I talked about how in the propers, I appreciated that they talked about the, the fiery zeal because it it helps us to realize that dispassion that we talk about so much in the East, apatheia, does not mean to be apathetic. It doesn't mean to be... Um, to to not care about things. So, I I was reading, I found this note in The Ladder of Divine Ascent by St. John Climacus. So, The Ladder of Divine Ascent is super intense, super ascetic. It's written for the monkeyest of monks. And <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose, but Did it's. You funny just
1: make that up. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah,
0: I, I totally made that up. So, but it's I have a couple of monks about in mind
1: monkeys. that would fit that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Well, that's true. There are, anyways, we're going to move on. So, but this is, this, this book was written for like the strictest of the strict and, and it's just super intense. And there's a note, uh, from the editor in, in the latter that I found that I really liked and I wanted to share with all of you. He says, dispassion is a state of soul in which a burning love for God and men leaves no room for selfish and animal passions how far it is from the cold Stoic conception may be seen from the fact that St. Diod- Diodocus can speak of the fire of dispassion.
1: Nice, I like that. Uh, the fire of dispassion, can you hear yeah, me? Th-
0: yeah, I okay. can now, I can hear you for a second. Sorry, oh. technical difficulties again. This is gonna be a rough day. <laughs> so yeah, St. uh speaks of the fire of dispassion. So I like
1: that. I like that.
0: And me a Coke? Sh- shout out to someone who sent us. And after this shout out, I'll move into the episode. But the mother Eliana was realizing that she hadn't ordered enough liquid IV for the two of us. And then the day she realizes this, a shipment shows up of liquid IV, and it was like six bags, which is something like a hundred and fifty dollars oh worth of liquid IV. So, shout is out this to the that same s-
1: person that sends you this stuff, or is it like just? Bunch of i don't people.
0: this i don't know this one oh, no it' has it's been, like from it's from been different people this one this one was anonymous uh wow, so if you didn't okay. mean for it to be anonymous there was no note with it so if you didn't mean for it to be anonymous you should reach out and be like i um, want a real i'm shout that out. very generous person yeah if you want a real shout out uh <laughs> with your name then then please do reach out so it was me uh it was not you <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come on. why don't you believe me
0: if you had one hundred fifty dollars, you would be buying cigars for yourself, and not not liquidizing. Hey, You'd be hey, destroying your health that. instead of. <laughs> so, okay, I so I'll, I'll start this this topic by just letting everyone know that this is going to be a two part topic. We're going to do two episodes on it because I'm just so excited, and there's so much that I have to share about it. And the way that this came about. I'll give the I'll give the intro, but I'm gonna I'm gonna share all of this with in the same order that it progressed in my heart and so and in my prayer. And so it might not be a logical order, but like it's just how things ended up happening as as I prayed with it. So I went for a hike with Mother Cecilia a few weeks ago, and after I got back from LA, she had planned this birthday hike for me that we were gonna do, and then I was stuck in LA for three weeks and stuck. Not stuck. It was a great joy, uh, but I was stuck <laughs> in LA for three weeks. Anyways, the, when I got back, I went for this hike with Mother Cecilia and she was talking about, we were just talking about kind of catching up since I'd been gone for so long and talking about what's been going on in our life. And, and one of the things that I was sharing with her was just that I was, I was talking to her about you, Father Michael, and about how how you've basically just like super won as a father these past few months. And I've it's been, it's been a really, really rough few months for me. And I've been very needy, and you've just stepped up to that need uh very beautifully. And so I I was talking to her about this, but what I was telling her was I I'd, I'd come to this realization recently because I was thinking about how when I was a kid, and and probably most people experience something similar. When I was a kid, if my parents were angry, like if my parents were yelling, it it definitely did something to make me want to change. But much, much, much more powerful was when it was very quiet and the statement was just, I'm so disappointed in you. And that's like a dagger and you yeah. just want to change everything in your life in that moment, right? Because you can't bear the thought that you've disappointed this person who loves you. And so in my mind, so so I utilized this as a teacher when I was when I was teaching high school because I really loved my kids and and we built up I built up really good relationships with them so that it was like they just didn't want to disappoint me. And because in my mind, this was just a much more powerful tool than yelling, and then anger is this, this, this love that makes you not want to disappoint. But can I do it? Sure.
1: Sorry, go ahead. I want to do a disclaimer from a pastoral heart. Okay. Or are, are you going to develop the idea? I, I just want to say something about that.
0: That I have I a lot to, say, to develop, but but no, say, okay. say whatever you okay. want. Okay.
1: So um, I, I can tell you, just you know someone that is been trying to guide hearts and souls for years that sometimes some parents can use that to manipulate or at least it appears Mm. that way um so what sister means here and correct me if i'm wrong sister is that is is not not that you can use it to make somebody feel bad or to manipulate or to have them do something you want but but an authentic i you know I'm disappointed. In other words, I I have I I have such high hopes for you. You have so much potential Mm -hmm. that you're not that you're not living up to. And then that can be done very very sincerely and beautifully. But as the devil is the devil, the devil can take anything that is sincere and beautiful, and he can twist it to to make it something ugly and and sinful and very very hurtful. So um, you may have experienced uh, in your life someone who used that concept in a way that is in a way that is manipulative and, and evil. But, um, again, sister, uh, I truly believe has, has very little or no guile. So, so what, what, (laughs) what she is, she's speaking out of a place of, of great sincerity here. And, and when her parents, I I know her parents, they're, they're the same way. So, so, uh, just please, even if you've been hurt by something like that in the past, please understand that, that what we mean by this is, is a true, um, Believing in someone so much and seeing their immense potential that that when they don't live up to that potential, like none of us do, um, which is I'm guessing where you're going with this, sister, um, when, when we don't live up to it, there there is a true place I believe for someone to say, "I know you can do so much better. I know you can can be receiving the graces God is giving you in a more effective way." Um, so I understand. So just uh, please understand that this is this is that's the definition that we're we're using here. i um, not one that that you may um be heard from and be, be uh, kind of turned off by something that happened in the past, so sorry, yeah,
0: sure no, 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 I'm glad for the for the pastoral it's it's I've never been a pastor i don't know I'm not really good at relationships either so it's it's great to have your oh, little stop. <laughs> it's it's great to have your little uh pastoral uh disclaimers that's very helpful and so so I want to continue this though, because so this was my mindset was was the disappointment has actually caused more conversion in my heart than receiving anger, okay? But I've realized from you that in my relationship with you, that though I often am worried about disappointing you, you know, I even express this sometimes in spiritual direction, I have to just be like, I'm, I'm scared to disappoint you. And, mm. and so even though that's there, I can't even think of a time that you've just expressed disappointment. So even though I fear disappointing you, it's you don't um at least in, in the sense of direction you don't express disappointment in me. And yet my heart is so so moved to to contrition and to repentance through moments in our spiritual direction, but it's not from you expressing disappointment, it's from you simply loving me with such tenderness. And so I've realized that I think that this is even this can be an even greater <laughs> um, way of speaking to someone's heart, even more so than the disappointment is just mm-hmm. this this tender love and um, and and that's what I want to break up break open here um, because I was so I was talking with Mother Cecilia about this of just that um, this necessity for for tenderness in in our our relationships, all of our relationships as we're as we're trying to love well, there's this necessity for tenderness, but then, as I, I was talking to her about it on the hike, but then on father 's day, I came across this this quote, and this quote like really articulated for me very well what I was trying to express to her um, which is from a document called Patris Corde. It's an apostolic letter. Have you read this, Father Michael? No. It's uh, an apostolic letter that Pope Francis wrote uh, in December of last year, I think, on the anniversary of the proclamation of St. Joseph as patron of the universal mm. church. So okay. it's a document about St. Joseph. But he, the, the quote that I came across was, well, there were two. In Joseph... Jesus saw the tender love of God. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. That's a quote from Psalm 103. And then the second one was this. The evil one makes us see and condemn our frailty, whereas the spirit brings it to light with tender love. Tenderness is the best way to touch the frailty within us. Only tender love will save us from the snares of the accuser. And that's a reference to Revelation twelve ten. So... I came across these quotes about tenderness and particularly the tenderness of a father which is what I'm what I'm trying to express that I've experienced from you and and when I looked up these quotes I I I read the whole document cuz I wanted to read them in context and then I was like Oh man, this whole document's incredible. The whole document is so beautiful. So, so I want to spend the first part of this podcast, maybe the first episode, we'll see how timing plays out, but I want to spend the first part of this podcast just just continuing on this reflection I've had about about tender love and the necessity for tenderness. And then the second part of the po- the podcast, I just want to break apart this this apostolic letter, Patrice Corday, A Father's Heart. And and just share share that and share how I've experienced the the father's heart of St. Joseph that Pope Francis is describing how I've, how I've experienced that in my relationship with you as father. Um, so, because as I was praying with this on father's day, I was just like, this is, this is just really beautiful. And I, I want others to experience this and to, I, I really want to encourage, especially, well, I guess it's an encouragement to everyone. I want to encourage the men who are listening to take this as an example of good and fruitful fatherhood and and I'm not just speaking like i'm not excluding biological fathers in this because this isn't just the case for spiritual fathers um, I mean I guess it is the case just for spiritual fathers, but the point being that biological fathers are also called to be spiritual fathers mm-hmm. to their children and yeah. so so i'm I'm speaking to all men in this of of this is how married, unmarried, um, like there are people in your life that you are called to father and and this shows the beauty of that fatherhood. And the the example I want to give of, my dad might be embarrassed by this, but sorry, dad, I love you. <laughs> um, the example I want to give of how this doesn't exclude biological fathers is I have this very clear memory of a point when when I was in college that my dad had gone through this program called "That Man Is You." Have you ever heard of this?
1: Yes, I, okay. I don't know much about it, but I've heard of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't really know much about it either. But my dad had gone through this program, and it was just he went. It was in Colorado. It might have been with, I don't know if it was with Father John Nepo. I don't know. If, oh, no. Father John Okay. They went through. Father to John Logger, I think, while. has
1: marked men or something like that. Anyway, okay. He, uh, he has a, a men's leadership program as well.
0: Okay. But, well, my dad did it through whatever parish they were at at the time, so I yeah. can't remember if it was Father John's parish or not at the time. So, anyways, they he had gone through this that man is you program, and he just it was really really transformative for him, and he pulled me aside, and he said, "I really need to apologize to you." for such and such things like he he just talked about ways that he felt he had failed as being the head of the household in regards to faith and and he just he wanted to to ask my forgiveness for that and and to just express this desire to be a good spiritual father to me basically Mm -hmm. though he didn't use those those words and and that was very impactful for me. I don't know if he even remembers it at this point, but it was very impactful for me, especially because my dad is, um, I mean, he's a, a military vet. He did a whole career in the military and was in both Gulf Wars. And he just, like, my dad doesn't talk about his feelings. <laughs> and um, so this was not like a typical kind of conversation. And so it was just really beautiful. So, so all of these things that I'm saying about, about fatherhood are, are for all men, really and but i also want it to be an encouragement to women of we don't have to settle <laughs> we don't have to settle for not being fathered as we are worthy of being fathered i don't i don't want to say deserved because deserve implies that we've maybe done something to 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 deserve it but it's actually simply because of our dignity as daughters of god <laughs> we we are worthy of being fathered in the way that I'm going to describe here. Hmm. And and the primary place in which we're fathered in that way is through God the Father. And that needs to be the primary place. But we also have these men in our lives who should be emulating God the Father's love for us. So, yeah, do you have any comments on that before I move on?
1: No, beautiful.
0: Okay. So, the first thing I wanted to say is about this this tenderness because I I quoted you know Pope Francis talking about St Joseph and his tenderness and and simply my personal experience of the tenderness I've experienced from you Father Michael but but I want to say because this is a Byzantine Catholic podcast this might sound counterintuitive when we're talking about the east because because in the east we have so much that's that's about like <laughs> you know speaking to your disciples with harshness and giving mm-hmm. them insults so that they grow and and all of these things and but I've, I've thought of, but I've actually, as, as I've been praying with this the past couple of weeks, I've been noticing the great tenderness that we see in the East as well. So the most, the most uh, one of my favorite quotes is by Abba, Abba Poman or Abba Piman. I've heard it both ways, but it's, uh, it says some, some old men went to Abba Poman and asked, If we see brothers sleeping during the common prayer, should we wake them? Abba Pomen answered, If I see my brother sleeping, I put his head on my knees and let him rest. The one old man spoke up, and how do you explain yourself before God? Abba Pomen replied, I say to God, you have said first take the beam out of your own eye, and then you will be able to remove the splinter from the eye of your brother. And but I just I just love the tenderness of Abba mm. Poman in this. Um, the other the other translation of it that I had heard was he's asked, "What do you do if a brother's sleeping?" And he says, "I I take his head and place it on my knees so that he can rest better." And mm. the 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 other thing though is I think that part of the so so at matins this morning even we we call God we in one of our hymns we say, "Oh God of tenderness." Right. And then we obviously hear in the the hymn of Zechariah, tender compassion of our God. And then on like one of our sessional hymns from tomorrow, we say, Oh Lord, hasten to open your fatherly arms to me, which is just such a tender image. We have the we have the the tenderness icon. We have it, you know, with, with Mary and Jesus. And there's just like there's so much that we do speak of tenderness in the East. And I, I think though that one of the ways that we speak of tenderness in, in not a direct way, but a way in which the tenderness is implied is the emphasis that we have on mercy. Hmm. So, so we talk so frequently in the East about mercy. And even these, these desert fathers that, that we read about, who even the ones who are so harsh with their disciples, when a disciple comes to them with a contrite heart, there's so much tenderness and mercy and forgiveness. And so I think that's where we see the tenderness in the East is this response to sin. It's like, especially when we're talking about God in his tenderness, when we come to him contrite because of our sin.
1: Absolutely. I think the difference that's it's good to clarify, and especially in our, in our modern age is that in a monastery, vigils are very, very important, namely, forcing yourself to stay awake as a sacrifice mm-hmm. as an ascetical practice and so every monk the monk who falls asleep knows that he shouldn't be sleeping so mm-hmm. that the, there, there's an act of mercy and tenderness when you say you know you shouldn't be sleeping you're exhausted go ahead and sleep therefore it's an it's an act of mercy and also he knows you know i probably doze off every while myself like he said about the the splinter and the beam um, i think the problem comes when when like you see so often in, especially in our modern church, when we don't know the church isn't promoting or proclaiming what is right. So, so people don't know, you know, a, a, a court, I won't go into any details. I don't want to distract us, but there could be a core teaching of the church. And, and yet even from the bishops, we sometimes hear things that, that, that confuse and, and, and make hazy and make gray these teachings. So it's harder for us who want to offer tenderness and mercy. It's harder to do that because we don't know if the person knows or believes or is convicted towards the, towards the proper mm. aspect of belief or, or, or of, of behavior or belonging or, I mean, any of these things we just, we just don't know. So I think that it is actually a charity and a mercy to, to proclaim truth for what it is. And then within that, when we and when others fail, then we offer mercy. And that's a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing to say. If I fail because of weakness, I have people in my life that have proclaimed that truth from the rooftops and have proclaimed it with great strength and courage and perseverance. But, they also know what it looks like to fail, and they know what it looks like to be weak. And so, when when that happens, we don't. I think the awkwardness for us who are trying to lead and those who are trying to follow and have leaders ourselves, like the centurion says, you know, I I know what it means to lead and to follow. Hopefully, we in the church who who are called and formed to be leaders will understand this. Um, we it's sometimes hard for us because when someone is weak or manifests a sin, we don't know if they believe it's a sin or not. We don't know if they even know it's a mm-hmm. sin or not. We don't know if they do. So it's really awkward to say you know it would be much easier if i could just say i know they know it's a sin now let me love on them let me offer them mercy let me offer them tenderness but if we have to say beforehand do you know this is harmful to you you know do you know this is harmful to the church that 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 makes people feel like they're judged you know mm-hmm. and and so i would much rather just not have to do that Know not have to do that. There's a big debate. And I won't get into it right now, but there's a big debate over you know um, like homosexuality, same sex attraction. You know, being gay in the church because it's it's hard to know when someone says I'm a gay Catholic. You know, that could literally mean that they're attracted to people of the same sex and they're living a completely chaste. And celibate life. And then they're 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 living what I believe is heroic. But mm-hmm. but the problem is that we always feel that we need to ask them, you know, are you practicing or not? Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and th- that, that makes it so hard because then people feel judged. But do we need to say that? You know, I don't know, but I understand for those who do, because the church is so seems to be so promoting from high levels confusion about this. So anyway, I'm asking the bishops to make make our pastor. And our spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers' lives easier by by truly proclaiming truth. And then let us deal with as foot soldiers on the ground, let us deal with, with the individuals and the exceptions and the, the the needs for offering mercy and the the proclamation of the of the beauty and the power and weakness and vulnerability that comes through all of these things. And if you're a priest, you know, oh just to do that. offer, offer that as best you can. Um, but but do it as as at the same time proclaiming truth. But that I wish we didn't have to do. But hey, it's the world. Heaven's coming. <laughs> all will be better one day, God willing, if we uh, continue to live this life. All right, soapbox over.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh so the that's that's all good. And I, I agree with you, but I would argue
1: <laughs> Go, no, please I'm, argue.
0: I no, I just I would argue that The two are not exclusive. Like what you're saying and what I'm saying are not exclusive. So when I say tenderness, and I'm going to get to a couple examples of this later actually, but when I say tenderness, I don't mean that we can't correct. And But I think that there can be great tenderness within the correction. And I think that we need to, this is why, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but this is why relationship is so important and I know that you can't always have that especially if it's your first encounter with with someone mm. and as a pastor you're gonna be giving communion to this person and maybe you just met them and so there's there's all of that like there's the complication there but but where we can where we can develop relationship that's that's why relationship is so important in this Amen. case because then Amen. then they can know the tenderness and the love similar to the like I don't I don't just care if I disappoint anyone. It's the people that that I love and that I know love me. Those are the ones I don't want to disappoint, (laughs) and and so it's it's about relationship, you know. Um, Like I don't want to be yelled at by anyone, and I can be hurt by being yelled at by anyone. But it's only the people that I really love and and care about. Those are the ones that the disappointment really hurts me, and and so it's the same with this tenderness. It's like I I know that that tenderness is there from you and I'm gonna use a couple I'm gonna have a couple examples of this later, I think, but I I can't remember if I came up with examples, but they're definitely in my mind. There you often will correct me in direction and and you will tell me or outside of direction. And so it's it's not like there's never any correction, but it's that I know the tenderness that's there and the love that's there in the midst of the correction.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I I was I was Kind of talking on a different point that was probably too off topic, but I really like how, where this is going. So I'm glad I did it because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you can you can bring in how 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 correction and justice and and that can be. I've 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 received that from spiritual fathers as well. It, it's mm-hmm. a really beautiful moment when you realize that you, your relationship is such that nothing they can say, no no correction or conviction they say is good, actually going to be harmful or hurtful. It's mm-hmm. all done out of love, and it will be only helpful if I actually listen and listen and process it.
0: Yeah, so so I want to give three three more Eastern examples beyond Poman's beyond the quote from Poman, and then and then we'll probably by that point be ready to move on to the second part of the podcast. But the the other example that I would give is I would encourage people to read, and I need to remember to put this on the spreadsheet so that Beth puts it in Goodreads. Beth is amazing. Shout out to Beth for being amazing. the The book Wounded by Love by Elder Porphyrius, mm. and because Elder Porphyrius, so he's, this book came out in, um, it's, uh, the priest, okay, Elder Porphyrius died in 1991. So, and this book came out in 2005. So he's a a modern Orthodox elder. I can't, Mm -hmm. we can't call him a... Uh, oh, he is apparently canonized saint for the Orthodox. It says Saint Porphyrius on the wow. the cover. But, anyways, he I think is a really beautiful example. He doesn't water down truth. He mm. doesn't. But he he has really really experienced the tenderness of God, and he loves with this same tenderness. Mm. So, Amen. Wounded by Love by Elder Porphyrius I think is a great example. Um, and this is this is a monk. He was on Mount Athos for a while, I think, if I remember that correctly. And so, so anyways, that's one example I want to give. The other example is, the other two examples are are kind of how we see this in the midst of the discipline and this, the harshness of the East. So one of them is St. John Climacus in The Ladder of Divine Ascent, the same book that I was talking about at the beginning when I was talking about dispassion. He you know it's it's interesting because again this this book is for it's written for the monks who are are living the strictest most ascetic lives and so you don't see much in this book that you would call tenderness but hmm. one of but but you see you see the kind of tenderness that i'm talking about when i was just talking about correction of of their very the monks that that he's speaking to and speaking about are have this great confidence in in the love of their elder, and so so one of the, like one of the quotes, Climacus says, in this flock, meaning the this particular monastery, in this flock, they were united by the indissoluble bond of love, and but he gives there are a couple other there are two other quotes I want to share from. The Ladder of Divine Ascent. This is, this is probably my, my favorite part of the entire book. This, mm. this section right here that I'm about to read. Um, well, this little excerpt is my favorite part of the entire book, which is ironic because it comes from my least favorite section of the entire book. So <laughs> it's, it's in step five of the ladder. But this is a quote. I have seen impure souls raving madly about physical love, but making their experience of such love a reason for repentance they transferred the same love to the Lord and overcoming all fear. They spurred themselves insatiably on to the love of God. That is why the Lord does not say of that chaste harlot because she feared, but because she loved much and could easily expel love by love. And Mm. I just, I just love that. You know, like Mm. this is why the Lord does not say that chaste harlot because she feared, but because she loved much. Mm. And, so that's just this emphasis on, it's, it's not the fear, it's the love that, that overcomes. And, and I like that a lot. And then the, the last one that I wanted to share is at the, at the very end, this is, um, Clemachus is writing, this section is called To the Shepherd. So he's writing to, to the abbot of the monastery, I think. And he says, uh, which one was it? Mm. nothing has so, so this was just for me an, an image of tenderness. Nothing has so manifested our creator's love and goodness toward us as his leaving his 99 sheep and going in search of the one gone astray. Give heed therefore a wondrous man. And this is his advice to the shepherd and towards him that is broken and gone very far astray. Show all your zeal, love, fervency, care, care, and prayer to God. For wherever there are great illnesses and wounds, there also great recompenses will undoubtedly be given. So towards him that is broken and gone very far astray, show all your zeal, love, fervency, care, and prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's like, those are, those are just a, a few, few parts from the ladder of divine ascent, which is just like the book of harshness and discipline. And you still yeah. see, if, if, you're, if your heart is open to it, you can find the tenderness even in there is, is the point that I want to make. So.
1: Yeah, there, there's something so in these parables and we just had uh, the reading for today. Which I believe you guys read at matins. If you don't have divine liturgy for the day, is that correct? When do we you read, read the, the epistle and the gospel? You read it at the hour. Okay, so um, I've, I've been inspired by you once again, and we'll be doing that now at Matt uh, matins and uh, and reading the epistle and the gospel today. If we do not have divine liturgy on that day, or typica, of course. Um, so, but there's you know the, the the parables that Jesus speaks, like leaving the nine nine to go to the one. That's always been a a parable where I've thought what would if if I was called to be that shepherd and I was going to leave the ninety nine what would I say to them when i'm leaving mm. to 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 keep to let them know i'm not abandoning them to let them mm-hmm. know i'm and, and to try to get them to understand why i'm doing this um but i while you were while you were explaining that, I thought you know there's also something about how do you say to the one that you're going to bring back to the flock you know you've gone very astray and you you at first they may be at first, they may be just so honored and happy that you took the time and the sacrifice to go find them. But the devil is gonna convince them that, that now because of them, you've abandoned the 99. Because of them, they're mm-hmm. gonna be feeling bad. And even if some of the 99 vent and, and voice and, and are, are, are bitter and, and uh, resentful, about having been left, and they then they they take that out on the one. Anyway, these are just like real life examples that I've seen, and so there is this, there is an ongoing, like you said, sister, very beautifully. There's ongoing need for a relationship. There's an ongoing need for communication. There's an ongoing need for forgiveness. There's an ongoing need for mercy. All these things that are offered um, in a in a persevering way um, because of this, but also something about about the middle quote. Unless uh, can I just go back to that yeah, real quick? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. Do you need uh, me the, to read it again, or you're good? Um, but go ahead and read it again just for the sake of the listeners but I wrote, I wrote everything down so I'm good but go ahead okay
0: so this is the one about where he's referencing the chaste harlot yeah yeah so he says page 63 number 70 26 okay I've seen impure souls raving madly about physical love, but making their experience of such love a reason for repentance, they transferred the same love to the Lord and overcoming all fear. They spurred themselves insatiably on to the love of God. That is why the Lord does not save that chaste harlot because she feared, but because she loved much and could easily expel love by love.
1: Amen. So one of the things I'm, I'm processing and this has to do with marriage prep and has to do with just counseling and 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 um sex addiction things like this, all these things that a pastor goes through but um but one of the one of the questions i've had and I want to continue to process is though and I know that there's like in the Greek, there's at least four different definitions of love and it, I, but it seems like he in that quote is is kind of conflating the two of them because like how do you turn hmm. love that is that is physical? For a harlot, or you know, that that's going to be dead That's probably full of lust. How do you redirect that to God? It just seems like two very different things. But I, I think I think he he's getting at something here that is true and good and beautiful. And of course, I I, I submit to that. But I'm just saying like I I'm I'm processing because it's beautiful. It's beautiful if, if if what the world calls love, when we say quote, making love, and, and that, that sometimes will, they'll use that word to mean, you know, sleeping with somebody that night, you know, and then, then moving on with your life, like a one night stand. Um, you know how are those similar to the the most pure self giving self sacrificial love, but anyway, I'm glad it is, and i'm I'm just going to process that more in my mind and 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 you know maybe figure out what the different definitions are, but how all those are kind of beautifully conflated into meaning just love in general, meaning what Christ did on the cross you know all all these things in a sense participate in that definition of love but um, we had a really funny situation um, and what you were talking about, I kind of lessening the, the levels of sin here um, in my own experience, but there was a, uh, you know, Something about celibacy that that you and I both, sister, are are trying to live well here. Um, that there is something to say for the experiences that that I know I have had with with former girlfriends that 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 are so helpful because when those thoughts and I know a lot of times former I, I girlfriends hear con-
0: from before you were a priest.
1: Yes, that's really. I just. Funny I that ties into one of those paraphrase. things I was saying that we need to qualify. We, yes. I wish we didn't have to qualify, but you're right. We should. We should probably yes. qualify that. Yes. There, yes. Um, <laughs> so, like, um, so in other words, uh, former girlfriends that 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 like I like I know that I hear enough confessions that people will say. Um, you know, I have these memories of, of previous experiences that kind of haunt my mind. And when I begin entertaining Mm -hmm. them, maybe a previous girlfriend, I'm married to somebody else or a previous, you know, sexual experience. And, and that's kind of coloring my, my, my need for, for that. Like if we're not, if I'm not sleeping with my spouse, whatever it may be. But, but there's, but there's something about, and, and again, God protected me from, from those types of falls. Thank God. But, but when I was in college, Um, I still look back and if I look back on kind of the most surface happy experiences my whole life, they were all with a girlfriend, like the Mm. surface happy experiences. I still vividly remember what they were. I remember being there and we're thinking, I'm just so content and so happy right now. Anyway, I mentioned that in a homily one time and father Nathan follows mine and he is married and he follows mine. He goes, he goes, okay, before I begin preaching, I just want to say, um, Married men, do not tell your wife what Father Michael just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, as a celibate, Jesus can handle it, but do do not do not tell your wife, oh my gosh, my happiest experiences with the girlfriends. And then I yelled out from behind the, from behind it. I was like, I was like, but your wife was a, also a former girlfriend. I was, you could tell her, but don't say that either because then she might think you're, anyway, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but that there, is, there is something to say for saying, like telling Jesus, especially as a celibate, telling him, you know, I'm going to use these experiences of great happiness and I'm going to break them down and I'm going to say, how do, I, how do I take this experience I had of something that was so good and I was so happy in that situation and how do I help that to mature and to grow and be fulfilled in my current relationship with you, oh Lord. Like, mm-hmm. what was it about about that? The one that comes to mind is it was a car ride, a 45 minute car ride. And I might have shared this before. My, my, one of my best friends was driving. His girlfriend was in the passenger seat. I was in the back seat. Uh, my girlfriend was sitting next to me and she like fell asleep on my lap, kind of like the Abba Poman thing. And it was just, I was so content. It was mm-hmm. so beautiful. It was so peaceful. It was so content for this 45 minute drive. Um, like, that, that, that's, that's a very, even if you've been, and married twenty five years, you're like, yeah, that was nice, but we've matured past that to now, you know, self sacrifice, self gift children, craziness, very little time with each other, all these things that happen in 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 the marriage after a long time. Um, but so th- those those feelings need to mature. But I can say, Lord, why don't I why don't I feel that peaceful when I am when I'm being sustained by you? in in the midst of of deep prayer in the midst of great tension in my life like wh- i know you offer mm-hmm. a deeper and a more real love and sabbath rest and and peace and joy and hope i mean that's another thing about it. it was hope you know like like there was just so like i might marry this girl i mean that, that that's what i was thinking at the time there was just mm-hmm. so much hope um and then and then now that i've obviously been called to celibacy and living it very happily all these years later like i can still say Lord, should, should I have those same feelings, but mature, you know, ones that, that, that have advanced and have grown spiritually, can I have those same things? And I, I think that's that's what I heard when you said that. You can take the experiences of love or peace, generosity, hope, tenderness in one situation, and you can say, you know, this is, that was something good. How do I ask our Lord, what is, this, what is a mature, more mature version of this look like? And how therefore do I apply it to you, to salvation, kingdom of God, heaven, body of Christ, etc.?
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's very beautiful. I'm going to move on to the last quote just uh, for the sake of time. But Absolutely. I like everything you just shared. Thank you. For the record.
1: <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you felt the need to vocalize that. <laughs>
0: The so the the last one I want to share is from the it's from the book My Elder Joseph the Hesekast by Elder Ephraim. Father Nathan Simeon actually gave me this book while I was
1: that's one of his favorite books. Yes, I know
0: it's it's really good. And the the section I'm reading from so this is Elder Ephraim who is uh, one of the disciples of of Elder Joseph who the book is about and. This is the example I want to give where well, what I was talking about of that even rebuke can be given mm. and, and still somehow it be, in my mind, tender if you know that you are loved by the elder. And, and this is, so, so anyways, I'm just going to share this little, this little excerpt. So even though Garonda, this was the, their word for elder, even though Garonda was unbelievably strict towards me throughout the day, At night, during confession, he was full of love. He gently explained to me why I had made such and such a mistake, what had caused it, and he analyzed for me in detail what happens from the first stage of a thought's assault until the stage of acting on that thought. He explained everything with so much clarity that it seemed as if he knew me better than I knew myself. The truth is that he did everything with discernment and wisdom in order to train us in Christ. He used rebukes to prune my ego. And use gentleness with understanding to correct the fault. A good doctor who loves his patient will not only use cotton to heal his wounds, but alcohol as well. And he won't use only a scalpel, but he will also give painkillers. In this way, Garonda also used everything with incredible discernment in order to lead us to find grace. And so so my point being that it's when I, when I talk of this tenderness, I don't mean that we should only use the cotton or we should only use the painkillers. You know, we also we also can rebuke with love. And we see this very clearly in scripture, right? And so so I don't mean by any of this that there's no place for rebuke, but it's important for a father to know his child's heart and okay. to know what they need. Another thing that Climacus talks about in the latter is how he's he's seen a physician that he means um, this metaphorically, he's talking about spiritual elders. He's seen a physician use harsh words and it wounds a man further because he's not in the place to hear harsh words. And he's seen a physician, a skilled physician use harsh words in a way that aids the man who needs to hear them. And so anyways, it's, it's like the, it's important for a father to know his child's heart and to know what they need. And, which is what elder Ephraim described in this, in this section. So because Jesus rebuked his disciples for their lack of faith, you know, and he flipped Mm -hmm. the tables of the money changers. It's not like he never corrected, but also in the 10th chapter of Mark to the rich man, we see that it, it says that Jesus looked at him, loved him, Jesus looking at him, loved him. And so it's like, even in giving this man, this correction, I have no doubt that the man knew that he was loved in that moment by the gaze of the Lord, and and the same thing in John chapter eight when Jesus says to the woman caught in, adul- in adultery, neither do I condemn you. And I just imagine this look of great tenderness as as he says he says, go and sin no more, <laughs> but also I don't condemn you. And and you know there's just like such tenderness and such love there, even in the midst of correction.
1: Amen. Quick Bible trivia for you, sister. You just mentioned that 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 passage in Mark about the rich young ruler. Um, do you know who who some scholars say that was? Saint Mark. Yeah, because that's how he knew, because he's the one that wrote it. Um, mm-hmm. the uh also there's something beautiful about I think how he said he may have been very convicting during the day, but at night he kind of explained mm-hmm. everything and took the time because the the church, and if you read Compline and, and even Vespers, you'll see that uh, a lot of times, you know, the nighttime is seen and even Matins in the morning when you first wake up, nighttime is seen as, as a as a little death and like, like as a risk of death, like it, it, it symbolizes death. And so there's something about, you know, we oftentimes hear, um, especially within Catholicism, that, you know, a man who, uh, this just happened um, recently. Um, actually, I read it in uh, in your eparchy and it's public. So, but there, there, there was a document put out saying this priest left the Catholic church, uh, do not go to him, Except in at risk of death, and mm-hmm. I thought it's for confession, in other words, and I thought that's that's there's something about the church will never will always allow that mercy for the man or like at the, at risk of death. There's something so beautiful about that, um, you know. Um, so, but there, there's 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 a reality there that that before death you 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 offer just you you know offer like pure like un like reckless love and mercy and tenderness mm-hmm. because the, it, it's seen that there's w- the, any conviction, any, and if I call mm-hmm. someone out, I'm doing it because I'm, I'm hoping that they will change. I'm hoping that they will, they will adapt. They will learn. They will grow. I'm the same thing. Of course me, I'm hoping I will do these things when I'm convicted, but if you're near death, there's, you, you have to like kind of, out the big guns and say, you know, oh, oh, th- th- there's no time. There's no time. What do they need to kind of grow instantaneously and maybe not as fully or deeply, but to have that, that mindset that that's helpful at death to be open to what God's doing. And that's going to be the kind of the, the explanation. And the, so that's why I think the scriptures say, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, there's something about, you know, there's something about right at the end of the day, spouses, et cetera, tell your spouse, even if you have the worst day in the world, Tell them that you love him at night, you know, re- reassure them of that at night because it, it it's just a good time to ask for forgiveness, offer forgiveness um as as if you're preparing for death because you know nighttime is a scary place, especially before houses and doors and electricity and all that. so anyway,
0: yeah, well, and he also i I like also that he says that at night in confession that this is when mm. um he really experienced the love because because confession is a mystery of healing and And it's a place that we do need it's It's what I was talking about at the very beginning of where we see the tenderness in the east, I think is the mercy when when we come with contrite heart and and that's where we really see the tenderness. So I like that he specifies especially that it was um, during in confession that this is where he really experienced the the love and the gentleness so yeah well i think I think um, that's probably good for the first episode if we want to wrap up with prayer intentions unless you have any final thoughts before we move on to episode two.
1: Nope, I just want to make sure that we do our, I, I wrote the list here out for, for what we've been asked by the media team oh, and, and yeah. what we've decided to uh, to do to promote um, what we're doing here for evangelization, especially as I mentioned in the beginning, as we prepare to, to begin our own nonprofit, we're going to be really working on a lot of I'm, things I'm very excited about as far as evangelization opportunities. And it's really nice because mm-hmm. neither sister and I need money. Um, neither <laughs> of us will take money. Um, so this is not about money at all. Um, that money would actually be distracting to both of our vocations. Um, so, but but we can we can start a nonprofit in order to really ex- expand what we believe is, is a mission from our Lord. Um, so, anyway, in order to to begin that and to help us to do what we're doing, um, we are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. You can just look up what God is not. I'm on Twitter at. Padre Michael O. Um, And then we also have Goodreads. We now have a YouTube channel where there's audio. There might be some videos soon. I'm working on that now. And then also you can rate and view us on Apple Podcasts, et cetera, in order to um, get the algorithms working in our favor. So yeah, that's, we'll have to, I need to get a better spiel for that. But yeah, that's, that's the spiel. You did so
0: much better than I did.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. I was going to have you do it, but yours was so much more no. entertaining last no, time. No, <laughs> I'm not doing it. This needs to I be forgot. you. This is, this oh, is your gig. I should have had you do that. <laughs> uh, I'm so disappointed right now. All right. Go uh, ahead, do your okay. thing
0: then. Okay, prayer intention. So yeah. <laughs> I would like to, for my prayer intention, I'd like everyone, I didn't even tell you this, Father Michael, but mm. Laura and Johnny, Laura's my best friend out in Denver, yes. Um, they had their baby.
1: Wow. So
0: yeah, so uh, there's debate as to um the due date of the baby. It's complicated. But anyways, the baby was... Uh, Somewhere between like six and a half and eight weeks early. So oh, Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So she was three pounds nine something ounces. Um, but she's oh she's doing gosh. okay now. Yeah. So Amen. so praise God, she's doing okay. Her name is Faye, and then middle name Jeanette, named wow. so Jeanette means little John, and she was born on the Nativity of John the Baptist. So nice. um Yeah, so they had to take Laura in for for emergency C section. She went. She had a preeclampsia and um, like serious emergency C section, general anesthesia, which um, is like it's the kind of C section where they can get the baby out in like one to two minutes. So, Yeah. uh, yeah. So Laura and Faye. Are both still in the hospital at this point? This is June twenty eighth when we're recording. So Laura will probably be out, hopefully in a couple of days, but um, Faye will be in there. I'm sure yeah. for at least a couple of weeks. But the yeah, wow. so beautiful, so pray beautiful, for, beautiful. Yeah, pray for them. And she's I've seen pictures, and she's so beautiful. So and and Mother Ileana, uh, one of the other nuns here, she was a neonatal nurse practitioner <laughs> at Children's Hospital in Philadelphia before she was a nun, and so she like knows all the things, and she. You know, she looked at the pictures and the machines and things like that. And she was like, oh, she's going to be fine. She's out of the woods. She's like all of that. And so she, yeah, she was like there. So it was. That's awesome. Yeah. But she's just, oh, she's so cute. So
1: that's cool. Amen. All right, um, I'm going to ask you a threefold prayer. Please pray for my friend Jenna, who is her birthday was a couple of days ago, but she's celebrating it today. And that's, that just popped into mind when I was uh, quickly discerning prayer intentions. Also, please pray for my friend Mike, um, who I've been texting with uh, just now, and he's kind of having a rough day. Um, so again, the the graces will will pass um, back to him today. And then I decided to say three because I was going to come up with somebody else as I was talking. Um, pray for a woman named Alma who stopped into church today and uh, mm-hmm. who joined us for morning prayer and sat in the very back. And, and at the end of prayer, she seemed so moved. I don't think she'd ever been to Byzantine prayer before, but she seemed so moved by, by, by Matins, by morning prayer. So, so, yeah, finally pray for Alma.
0: Awesome. All right. Father, can you please give the blessing?
1: May the Lord bless you all and keep you cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord help you to understand the power between his justice and his mercy. May he allow you to receive that justice and mercy with his great tenderness. May he remove any distractions or attacks of the devil that may try to convince you otherwise. May he give you perseverance and deepen the relationships that he has given you that will allow you to see the tenderness of Christ through the tenderness of those relationships. May our Lord, especially if you're feeling lonely or lacking those relationships, may he allow you to understand that he has those things planned for you or that you do not need them because you will receive them directly from him as he so often does both. May our Lord give you peace in all these things and bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. All right, Father Michael, we're going to take a quick break and then record episode two. So I'll see you in a yeah. second, Another
1: listeners. Red Bull coming up.
0: Love you guys. Pray I for love us.
1: you too. Love you, sister. Love you guys.